The following has been brought to you by SJP World Media. Tumble out of bed and I stumble to the kitchen Pour myself a cup of ambition And yawn and stretch and try to come to life Jump in the shower and the blood starts pumping Out on the streets the traffic starts jumping With folks like me on the job from nine to five Working nine to five What a way to make a living Barely getting by It's all taking and no giving They just use your mind Hello. How are we doing? How are we doing? Magsy, Magsy, I got exciting news I messaged you about earlier on. Did, you messaged me? You messaged me about it? Yeah. Did I reply? Did reply. Yeah, for one. <laughs> Brilliant. So <laughs> this fox is news to me as well because I forgot. <laughs> we are super duper international. Oh, yeah, you did message me this. Yeah. Yeah, we did. Uh, super duper international, mate. We've had we've always had a few downloads in like Kazakhstan and all these little weird, wonderful places. And weird. We're co- your, your first word to describe these places that that download our show and we are massively appreciative uh, appreciative of it. You call them weird, weird and wonderful. It means it's like magical, not like literally just an odd place. But I, I don't know. I've seen Borat. <laughs> Kazakhstan is weird. You know. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and obviously we're incredibly popular in the UK the States France uh, we get quite a few downloads in Germany as well which is nice but we started getting downloads recently mate only a couple here and there like one for certain weeks from a little place called Kyrgyzstan Kyrgyzstan yeah yeah I've never heard of this place before I have uh, one of the UFC uh, women champions uh, from Kyrgyzstan. Right, okay. Yeah, so it's, it's, it's a little tiny bit that used to be in Russia. Yeah. But apparently we're, we're over in Kyrgyzstan, mate. With one person. Mm. So in honour of that one person. Well, that's how it spreads. You only yeah. need that one and tell a, tell a friend, telephone, tell a wrestler. Exactly, mate. Exactly. In honour of our one fan in Kyrgyzstan, I thought this week I might just chuck out the odd little fact about Kyrgyzstan because I knew nothing about the country this is going to be racist or xenophobic it's not going to be either of those things I am not racist or xenophobic how very day I thought because I didn't know anything about Kyrgyzstan I thought we could chuck out a few facts or how to say the word Kyrgyzstan Kyrgyzstan I've got it written down in front of me but I've got it written down is it phonetically phonolically Because you can't spell Kyrgyzstan. I can spell oh. Kyrgyzstan, but it's a lot of G's and Z's and stuff. So I think it is there, there's only like two vowels in the whole of the word. But it's K Y R G Y Z S T A N. So there's one. Yeah. So it's like it, it doesn't mad. speak. It doesn't sound how it reads. So I've written it down in front of me how it sounds, so I can try and get the word right. And it's Kyrgyzstan. Which is quite yeah. easy in theory to say, isn't it? Yeah. 
just think of Kurgan, and if you're a massive fan of him, you're oh. a Kyrgyzstan. Do you reckon that's what it is? That country is just full of massive Kurgans. <laughs> just big, big clown Kurgans, yeah. That's all they he, are. He's like their Hulk Hogan or something. He's like their, <laughs> their sting or... <laughs> <laughs> Scottish <laughs> Burger Stand. There we go. Yeah. And here, here comes the racism and the xenophobia. Cheers, Scottish Danny. <laughs> no, it's not like that at all. So, yeah, I thought, because I knew nothing about this country, that during the show I would chuck out the odd random fact about Kyrgyzstan so we can all be educated over the next hour or so. That's that's amazing, and hopefully oh. it doesn't drive that one Kyrgyzstani uh, fan away. If you are that one Kyrgyzstani fan and you do get offended by anything I say, I deeply apologise. It's not my intent. And these are literally facts about Kyrgyzstan. It's nothing, you know. And uh, yeah, reach out to us on Twitter. It'd be great to interact, wouldn't it, Max? It would. But how disappointed would you be if you found out that it was just somebody using a VPN and they they were in a, the server was in Kyrgyzstan? No, I, I, that obviously went through my mind. Of course it did. And that is what is... It absolutely mostly... did not. Yes, it you did. Yes, VPN? It what no, I don't have VPN is, mate. <laughs> but that did go through my mind, and it probably is most likely what has happened. But <laughs> it was just funny seeing a country pop up on our uh, is it analytics, I guess, yeah. that I don't recognise the name of. So I thought we'd run with it, mate. So stop fucking bursting the bubble. We okay, hope so- you find SAS ignorance charming. <laughs> <laughs> and, and not offensive. No, no, not at all, not at all. So there we go. That's that's, that's just so everyone's aware before we uh, get into the meat of the show, mate. Okay, mm-hmm. that's that's so good that you're looking out for our international uh, fans. And like I said to you on 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 the chat, we may have to start taking this show on the road internationally. Pop up what, like in- live live shows. No, just do show specifically like, like WWE do Crown Jewel, which is not really for us. It's for the Saudi Arabians. We should do maybe um, a show focused on Tajikistan. Is that or, a real place? Or Afghanistan? Yeah, of course they're a Afghanistan. Real place. I know Afghanistan's a real place. I've heard of that one. <laughs> You're, such a of, You're such have, an infidel. <laughs> <laughs> they have quite a bit of bother over there, don't they? They do. So yeah. they could do with a, a chain wrestling. So if you're from Afghanistan and you listen to chain wrestling, let us know and we'll uh, mm. we'll throw out some Afghanistan facts. Yeah, we'll, we'll tailor the show to you. So yeah, this week, Kyrgyzstan. <laughs> uh, Crown fools. Know. That's brilliant. <laughs> That's exactly what our one-yearly East Asian show will be called Crown mm. Fools. <laughs> yeah, so this week, Kyrgyzstan. Next week, I don't know, Wales or something. Just Oof. I, I don't think we get any listeners in Wales. Do we not? They don't get internet down those parts. Yeah, that, when I went to a festival in the North Wales, they didn't even have like real roads. <laughs> Sharon had to drive. They are proper backward there. Sharon had to drive on dirt tracks for a while, and then we had to get out the car, put our tent on our back, and and, and get on a donkey and go across these hills. <laughs> <laughs> you were lucky that you found a donkey. Wouldn't it normally be sheep or a goat? <laughs> oh, I'm here to see Skid Row. Fantastic! How did you get here? By goat. <laughs> Brilliant. Ah, oh, but there we go. There we go. Here comes the money. Here we go. Money talks. Here comes the money. Money, 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 money
afternoon, good evening, good morning, wherever and whenever you may be listening or watching from, potentially Kyrgyzstan. This is Chain Wrestling Live with Mags and Sai, an SJP World, World, International World Media Production, <laughs> episode 98. I am Sai, and with me as always is the King of the Ring to my 2,100 miles to Beijing from Bushkek, which is the capital of Kyrgyzstan. Brilliant. Okay. <laughs> Brilliant. The Olympic hero to my Olympic zero, which incidentally is the number of medals Kazakhstan won in the 1996 Olympic Games where Kurt Angle won his gold medal. Just so I mean, you know. That's a cool Kazakhstan fact. I didn't say Kazakhstan. I said Kyrgyzstan. It's not Kyrgyzstan. Kyrgyzstan. Kyrgy- There's too many Zeds, man. This is already falling apart. Apologies to that one Kyrgyzstan fan that we did have. <laughs> a podcaster who I fully expect will abandon plans of a seaside holiday next year to visit the beautiful, let landlocked nation of Kyrgyzstan with me in the summer. The podfather himself, Lord Mags. How are we doing, sir? I'm doing good now. Can you repeat all that in Arabic for our Kyrgyzstani uh, fan base? To be honest, I did try and learn how to say <laughs> No, honestly, I did. I did earlier on, my prep for the show. I was trying to figure out how to say good afternoon, good evening, good morning in, um, well, Kyrg, I think Arabic. it is, or Kurs. Or, no, no, their language is, um, okay. they've got their own uh, their own native tongue, I guess, for them. They, their other languages do bleed into it, but it is their own, their own language. But the problem I had is I can't read the translation. So when you, you press the little the translation, you just <laughs> I can't read. So when you add, when you click the little button that says um uh like to say what it's you know to, to pronounce it for you, to play it via Google, it doesn't matter how many I looked at four or five of these translate apps, Google themselves and all that. It just kept coming back with we haven't got the audio for this. So I'm afraid that kind of went out the window quite early, mate. Um, um, the effort was there. It's the thought that counts. Mm, yeah yeah there we go mate there we go so how's your week been mags you okay yeah i've had a cold all week so i think it is the show that i am actually allergic to uh but yeah just uh kind of getting into holiday mode now it's counting down the days um so yeah it's been it's been good it's been uh this weekend i i watched um ufc um okay Brilliant pay-per-view. Absolutely brilliant. Um, one of my favourite fighters, Islam Makachev, is a new uh, lightweight champion. Flashy. What was that? <laughs> so, there's a fighter called Islam Makachev. Um, okay. He's he's part of the, the team that uh, is run by Habib Nurmagomedov. You, you may know of Habib. I've heard the, the guy, name Habib, but I don't yeah. know that last name. <laughs> Habib, the guy who, who basically beat Conor McGregor, beat up right. Conor McGregor. Yep. Um, and he's essentially took over from Habib's uh, legacy, and he's now the champion. So, yeah. Okay. And then there was uh, Halloween Havoc as well, weren't it, this weekend? I didn't see that, actually. No, I didn't. I forgot it was on until the day after, and then I read the results and just thought, huh, yeah, I'm not watching that then. 
Okay. See, I do watch NXT, but I'm watching NXT from 10 years ago, as opposed to... (laughs) (laughs) And there's only so much NXT that one person can ingest. Exactly, mate. Exactly. And this is obviously for the NXT Rise and Fall podcast that's available on the SJP World Media Network. Look at that. What a plug, eh? What a plug. That was was seamless, that was, wasn't it? Perfect. Absolutely perfect. So good. So good. Uh, We have a huge show. We have a huge show, a massive non-wrestling topic. People just throw in stories. Jesus wept. I I didn't know if this would get the traction that it did, but fucking hell, you guys have worked in some horrific places. (laughs) Indeed. Uh, We have a quite, again, I suppose, similar to last week, quite iconic wrestling match. Certain memories Mm -hmm. that stick, certain, sorry, moments that stick in the memory from this, certain images that we can review later on. Uh, But before we get there, we need to throw some stuff in the hall of lane. But before we do that, I want to talk to you about next week. I'll do this now, and I'll remind you at the end of the show as well. We are live next week on Sunday night. So that's Time... this week. Yeah, but next week's show, isn't it? Mm-hmm. But it's this why are you? The... Why are you the way you are? Why do you? <laughs> <laughs> why are you such a dick? <laughs> Yes, so we are next week's show. Next week's show will be live on Sunday. Stop it. On Sunday night. Uh, did we confirm the time yet, Max? Didn't we toy with the idea of going at 8 or 8.30 or something like that? Uh, I, don't, I don't think we mentioned the time, but if we, if you would like, if you want to go early, let us know in the chat whilst you're there. Do you, yeah. Would you prefer uh, an early run? If not, it'll be a, a 9 o'clock. Do you have that? Do you want to go to bed early for school in the morning? or work um let us know well, people have work and school on a tuesday when we're live on a monday listen why are you the way you are <laughs> that's got to be a t-shirt now um <laughs> i would wear that um yeah so we're gonna go live on the sunday night and that is our halloween special now our fantastic t-shirt suppliers our merch suppliers at t public have given us a prize to give away which is the choice of any t-shirt from the SJP World Media Merchandise Store of your choosing. There will be new designs up in time for next week's show as well. Um, And the way to enter, as always, well, as always, we've done one other, but yeah, as always for Halloween for us in our previous one occasion, is to send us pictures of yourself in your Halloween getup. Not just random gimp masks or whatever you do on a random Sunday night, but your Halloween. We're talking to you, Dan Griffin. Yeah, we know your sort, pal. Um, (laughs) Your Halloween fancy dress costumes. Now, the same as last year, we'll pick the best one. You win the goodies. We've got not just the T-shirt. We've got a couple of bits and bobs as well. A chain wrestling uh, cup beaker type effort. Very similar to the one that I have just here, if people can make this out um, here, which is fantastic courtesy of rbf luxuries as well as a few other bits and bobs as well and as i said the t-shirt that t public are fantastically given us to mm-hmm. give away now the way you can enter is to send your images via dm to the chain wrestling twitter account at chain underscore wrestling we're not going to accept them if they're on the timeline we're not going to accept them if they're chats to us randomly via whatsapp or anything like that they need to be done on the chain wrestling twitter so they're all in one place so i don't forget one or lose one or whatever because that that can happen believe it or not it does (laughs) so yeah there we go i will also throw in extra bonus points if anyone is dressed in the national dress of kyrgyzstan just uh just so you're aware 
Okay, I don't know what that is, but you could basically pass it off as anything, though. Maybe a Kurgan <laughs> mask. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, a, a mask. Do you think that sold well on WWEshop.com, the Kurgan mask? In one particular part of Asia, yes. Yeah. <laughs> well, <laughs> yeah, Kazakhstan. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so there we go. Yeah, so that's how you enter. Um, you know, Magsy and I will be dressed up for the live, and uh, we're going to have lots of Halloween-themed stuff going on. Uh, the wrestling match we're going to talk about is going to be loosely Halloween-y, depending on which way you vote, and all that good stuff. But yeah, similar to last year, but if you're new to the show this year, that's how it works, Mags, isn't it? It absolutely is, and uh, the, the reigning, defending, undisputed uh, Halloween champion, Scottish Danny, uh, set a high bar last year so um we want to see you can you guys raise that bar and and win all those amazing goodies mm. indeed indeed i mean again by all means get you know get your your partners involved um my my sister she she only listens to the show every now and again because she's not a wrestling fan and let's be honest she probably listens to 10 minutes of me and mags talk i think this is bollocks <laughs> but <laughs> she sent some pictures in the more we get in the better Okay, the more we get in, the better. Uh, all I ask is that it is via the Chain Wrestling uh, DMs at Chain underscore Wrestling on Twitter. Uh, if your kids dress up for Halloween, send those in as well. Not that they should be listening to this show because, you know, we're past nine o'clock and it's a bit of dodgy content. Uh, but speaking of kids, actually, Magzi, did you know in Kyrgyzstan, oh, the, <laughs> the average lady will have 3.3 children in her lifetime? That's a lot of kids. Mm, it is that's it because is. they don't have tv there do they? they only have radio and podcasts is that right yeah so we need you've to bang to, out more content to you've keep got to their pass the under control <laughs> yeah otherwise, <laughs> otherwise it's just there's this no more room for any more kyrgyzstani kids <laughs> but you know the people might see it as an invasion when they start spilling over the borders into kazakhstan and yeah where, exactly. where china china's another name but one of their longest borders is actually alongside china so there we go this is not going to get old fast <laughs> shall we have a quick look in the chat mate before we do throw some stuff into the chain wrestling hall of lane yes we shall um the 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 most random bunch of nutters in here we've got dan griffin uh monday it's mean you know that what i think dan may have had a stroke whilst writing a, a stone cold <laughs> promo there um sharon corrects dan thankfully it's monday now uh, now you know what that means uh charlie in the in the house hello charlie hello, how are Charlie? and scottish danny hello sir uh dan we are international look at all the bizarre nutters everywhere yeah, it's, it spreads <laughs> like a virus which is pretty much what dan says next it's, this is how you spread you all need one making it sound like the venereal disease of podcasts yeah and the way to get rid of it is uh put rub some cream on and shave it all away so there you go interesting <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, uh, Sharon, I think she's named our uh, yearly trip into East Asia with Crown Falls. I think that's a brilliant name. Um, Dan says, I uh, guarantee that Sa thinks Tajikistan was something through. <laughs> yeah, he almost said uh, no salad, uh, but lots of garlic sauce with that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, whatever you said, you fucked it up, Sa. I mean, mm-hmm. it's, I just word it, it's just word vomit. It's just absolute word vomit. I thought I stalled it out, to be fair. You did. You, you nailed it. 
Uh, Five Nerd Goal says, petition to get Tajikistan renamed to Tajiristan. <laughs> Brilliant. Oh. Isn't when they say Stan, though, isn't in, in like Japanese when they're referring to a gentleman, doesn't that look, isn't that almost like a Mr. Termination t- term to them? Are you meaning Sam when they say? Oh, San. Stan. Yeah, that's right. Not Stan. Stan's different. Wow. Um, <laughs> the problem I have, I can't read. Perfect accompaniment to add all words. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Five Nerds Go says that doesn't narrow it down uh, nowadays. Um, Dan, guarantee Sam for Islam Makachev's name was a secret McDonald's <laughs> menu item <laughs> where you get a chicken burger and a cheeseburger on the same bread roll. Dan Griffin, again, Lord Magazine, people hit their job yeah. shock. How dare you? I'm not the, I, I'm not Jacob Reese Mog. That Sargos, I don't know that name. I don't, I don't know what that is. He's a politician and he's a Weasley face little tosser. Okay. Um, Scottish Danny's saying, is it me or does CW seem a little like Tommy Robinson is booking? Whoa, 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 whoa. There's no racism or, or ill feelings here. I'm just trying to educate people in this nation that, you know, we've just discovered. And and on our side, uh, Matt from Five Nerds says, not enough West Ham fans for him to be booking. There we go. Um, Scottish Danny said he's coming for that uh, second year win. Can you imagine if he did? If he was, it was like MJF just wins the 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 diamond ring competition <laughs> every single year. Yeah. Uh, Dan says singling out the the guy who needs a wide angle lens to take a selfie. Classy lads, classy. I mean, we are both in that exact same same boat. So our selfies, oh, indeed. our selfies have to be taken from another room. I mean, man, from uh, from next door usually. Uh, <laughs> Matt giving giving the game away on his on his costume already, saying he's just going to face paint his arse as ghost face. Brilliant. Jesus Christ, um, Connor. Uh, hello, sir. How are you? Hello, sir. Uh, Scottish Danny chain wrestling dark elevation. Is that when you get um, stiffy in the middle of the night? Do you reckon? Yes. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> Finally, for now, Dan Griffin, Jacob Reese, Max. Fuck you, Dan Griffin. Fuck you. Ooh, that must be fighting words. Uh, you, shall you we? Glo- your Gloucester came right out then. What's that? When I said that must be fight- fighting words. Yeah, that's the whole point because it's um, it's a cartoon character, isn't it? It's one of the people who used to go after Bugs Bunny, not the bold one, the other one with the big orange tash. What was his name? Fog on, leg on. No, because that was a big fucking bird, wasn't it? <laughs> did did Foghorn Fog and Leghorn have a moustache? He didn't have a moustache, did he? No, he had feathers. Then why? When I said must, uh I don't know I, who I, the one you're <laughs> on about. I have absolutely Yosemite no Sam? idea. Is that right? Is that the name of him? Was that, no, Sam? was he not? Yeah, I know what you mean, but he was a cowboy, first of all. He did come from Gloucester. No, I'm not saying that, but his voice. Oh, just play the Did he ever say thing, that? Though. I don't think that ever. <laughs> did he ever said that? No, we're going to have this out now. Did, <laughs> did Yosemite Sam ever go, E boy, them's be fighting words? <laughs> I didn't even say that. <laughs> Let's go for some Hall of Lame. The Hall Oh. Le-
Let's indeed. go for some Hall of Lame. <laughs> you sounded almost Texan for a moment there. You went from Gloucester. Well, I think Texas. that's Yosemite, where Yosemite Sam maybe was from. What Texas? Well, certainly not from Gloucestershire. Well, no, I know he's not from Gloucestershire. I didn't. I never. The, the, the debate was never about whether Yosemite Sam was from Gloucestershire. <laughs> they said we've moved on. <laughs> Oh my goodness! Yeah, okay, we've moved on because <laughs> you realise that you're in the wrong. That's what's happened there. <laughs> I mean, I wake up being in the wrong, so oh, it's mate. common occurrence to me. Oh, poor little Maxie! Go on, then, mate. Let's see what you got for us. Another forty-five minute heavily. No, nope. uh, this no? this will be short, sharp to the point. Two thousand years later. Um, so I messaged you uh, earlier in the week saying I've got my next three weeks of uh, of a Hall of Lame entrance um, basically all lined up. Impressive, uh, and that, by the way. And that's because uh, I was actually looking to have two in a row um, basically linked to each other, but Halloween oh, had to come and get involved in it. So um, I have got a Halloween one kind of like in the middle. But uh, I watched a video uh, and it really kind of like sparked um, the reasoning behind why two uh, of these uh, Hall of Lames are, are going in. Um, so you think about uh, wrestling and one of the most divisive kind of uh, plot uh, uh, uses is uh, authority figures. Okay. So for every Vince McMahon, Mr. McMahon, there's a anonymous GM for every um the authority, you've got a Dixie Carter. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they're uh, figureheads, they're uh, characters, they're kind of story arcs. But there is actually, in wrestling, real authority figures. Uh, they are the presidents, they are the bookers, they are the, the actual managers. Uh, and some of them can be just as divisive as, as what you see on the TV. And one such divisive um authority figure was a a, a guy called jim hurd okay <laughs> so he um he got into um a very prominent position in wcw through uh some contacts he had with uh then owner um uh, uh ted turner he had um he had a, an executive called jack petrick who brought in um, Jim Hurd as to be the executive vice president of uh, WCW. Uh, but he had no wrestling experience whatsoever. No. Um, he, he he actually worked as a station manager, a, a TV uh, station that that broadcast wrestling, but his, uh, his actual uh, um, input into that was non-existent. He, he had more time actually in the pizza business because he was a regional manager of pizza hut. Mm-hmm. Uh, but because of this friendship, he was brought in, in, uh, in, uh, 1989 and pretty much straight away showed his, his whole ass about how he knew nothing about wrestling. Now, back in this, this time, uh, WCW was pretty much synonymous with NWA, um, that's uh that kind of southern style wrestling um but jim heard wanted wcw to be run like wwf um he wanted more character-based wrestling he wanted it to be more um 
of the the over the top heroes and villains wrestling, and that does does not go down well in the sticks whatsoever. They like their wrestling as it was, very kind of a um, southern based. Yeah, yeah. So so he tried to introduce uh, some more. New York style gimmicks. Uh, some have been mentioned on, on Hall of Lame before. Uh, he had a tag team called the Hunchbacks, which uh, the gimmick was they could never ever get pinned because they had massive hunches and then the shoulders couldn't touch the floor. Ridiculous. He had the, <laughs> the Ding Dongs, which we all know uh, is a, a tag team that, that had bells on and uh, looked like dicks. Which is a yeah, brilliant Hall of Lame alum. He also had uh, a wrestler as a as a lumberjack called Big Josh, who would come to the ring with uh, with actual dancing bears. <laughs> uh, Stan Hansen, uh, Hall of actual uh, former WF champion, Hall of uh, Hall of Famer. He wanted to be part of a comedy. A uh, cowboy team called the Desperados, uh, which made Stan Hansen up sticks and leave the company. Um, he f- essentially forced out Jim Cornette and Stan Lane, uh, blaming a lot of WCW's problems on them, which ended up splitting up the Midnight Express. The bastard. Uh, mm-hmm. Even even uh, the the Road Warriors, one of the hottest tag teams in the history of the business, uh, they were forced out because of Jim Hurd's ridiculous ideas for wrestling but the the biggest one um the biggest issue that uh the wrestling business had with jim hurd was his uh, was his apparent hatred of rick flair um he saw rick flair as being um past his prime uh that wrestling needed to move on and he wanted rick flair to cut off his his well-known bleach platinum blonde locks and to become a character called Spartacus, uh, <laughs> which uh, Kevin Sullivan was quoted as saying, uh, whilst you're doing this, why don't we go down to Yankee Stadium and change Babe Ruth's number, essentially saying that you don't mess with with the, com- the person that's holding this company up. Um, yes. He also wanted Flair to take a, a massive uh, pay cut, which led to Flair um, essentially leaving the company. Um, and I'm not going to get too deep into um, Flair's uh, leaving the company and, and what happened after that because that's for part two, uh, the kind of fallout of, of Jim Hurd. But uh, essentially, it was Jim Hurd's fault why the the NWA title, uh, the WCW title, was shown on uh, WWE, WWF TV and why the real world's champion uh, ended up being... Uh, all over the WF leading up to Royal Rumble 92. So this week's entrant for me is the fucking idiot Jim Hurd. Mate, I'll tell you what, that's one of the best Hall of Names we've ever had. Being the WCW fan I am, I love that. That is fantastic. Wait till, well, I'd say next week, cause, but next week's the, the Halloween one, the part two, the his it's his magnum opus of the wrestling business. Mm. one of my lasting memories from that whole thing is the first pay-per-view they had after flair left and he was advertised for the main event oh okay 
Okay, Maxie, give me a shush sign here for the people on the audio version. I don't want to spill the beans then. I apologize, mate. I apologize. <laughs> but that is awesome. That is absolutely brilliant. Jim Heard in the Hall of Lame. Totally deserved. What a bell end. <laughs> a ding dong bell end. A ding dong bell end. <laughs> Uh, no, I love that, Maxie. That's a great one. That's a great one. Uh, my Hall of Lame is actually very, very close to yours. Same company, and only a few years out, timeline-wise. And this came to me for a couple of different reasons. Um, when I started looking into it a bit more, I realized that I've got to go with this, as opposed to anything else that popped in my head during the last week, because this is just, the more I looked into it, the worse it got. And it does kind of link back to last week. Last week, we had WrestleMania 9 from me. And one of the main events of WrestleMania 9 was obviously Money Incorporated versus Hogan and Brutus Beefcake in a tag match. Mm-hmm. Now, WrestleMania, obviously, the biggest show of the year for the WWF. And probably, well, not even probably, and wrestling in general. It's the biggest night or weekend now, I guess, in the wrestling week. calendar. Now it's the full week. Yeah, yep. exactly. The... The NWA, Jim Crockett Promotions, and then WCW had their own big events. Halloween Havoc, Bischoff always described as being their biggest wrestling events to him. However, when it comes to history and, you know, looking back through all the great main events and so on on, on pay-per-view, Starcade is the one to me as a WCW fan, NWA fan, etc., that stands out. Yeah. Now, amazingly, Hogan and Brutus Beefcake headlined the number one show in the WWE at WrestleMania 9. They also headlined the number one show in WCW in 1994. Now, initially, I was going to put the whole pay-per-view in because it is garbage. But I thought, no, I'm not going to be even more specific. I'm going to literally break down that main event, chuck that into the Hall of Lame, and the character of The Butcher. Played by a good friend of the show, Ed Leslie, who incidentally, Brutus the Barber Beefcake, Ed Leslie, uh, his Facebook profile popped up on my Facebook yesterday. And he's from Kyrgyzstan. Saying suggestions for people you may know. So I thought I I won't friend request him because he might not like some of my opinions, but there we go. Um, But I imagine he'd be quite happy to have more mates because let's be honest, he's not very popular. But there we go. Um, at the end of 1994, Hogan was uh, running amok, shall we say, with his creative control, bringing all of his friends into the company. We had Earthquake coming in. Uh, <laughs> and, and basically, the product in WCW took a big nosedive. The in-ring product was terrible at this point. Going into Starcade, Hogan needed someone to work with. And on the roster at the time, they had the newly signed Macho Man Randy Savage. That would work, wouldn't it? Mm-hmm. They obviously they had Arn Anderson, one of the most talented in-ring performers of all time. They obviously had Ric Flair, who had returned at this point from the Jim Hurd nightmare that you were describing, Magsy. We had Sting, of course, Hogan Sting. That's going to be big money in 94, isn't it? Two baby faces on, on either side of the, the company war, I guess. However, Hogan, and this is a big part of the Hall of Lame entrant, Hogan doing favors for his buddies, got Brutus Beefcake, a main event shot at the WCW world title. Now, Hogan started to be attacked by a masked man who initially was obviously on Anderson. The way he walked was on Anderson. The way he hit and kicked was on Anderson. It was on Anderson in a mask. 
who was attacking Hulk Hogan week after week after week. But there were suspicions, was it? Brother Brutai, as he was referred to in WCW at the time. So to counteract that, he was attacked by a masked man whilst Brother Brutai was still out in the ring on one occasion. In theory, to add a bit of you know intrigue and so on. But nobody gave a shit because we all knew it was Arn Anderson under the mask. <laughs> <laughs> then Hogan was attacked by two masked men at one stage, which was never explained who the second masked man was. That n- Nothing ever went into that until eventually Hogan caught the masked man when he attacked him on another occasion. This went on for quite a while. Pulled the mask off to reveal it's brother Brutai all along. So they're going to head to Starcade for the WCW world title, that beautiful big gold belt and the history of the NWA world championship on the biggest event of the year. Ed Leslie was going to challenge for it. Okay. Leslie turns up at Starcade looking like shit. He's bloated. He's nowhere near in good shape. He's losing his hair. It's got, is that that point where you're thinking, just cut your hair, mate. It's, It's that he looked like shit. It was, it's 1994. Their prime of 1989, this is, you know, several years have passed, okay? To be fair, when Hogan arrived on in the arena, the crowd did go wild for him. They were really happy to see Hogan. That's probably because they were fed up already looking at Ed Leslie in the ring. <laughs> this match goes on for best part of 15 minutes. And for the purpose of the Hall of Lame segment this week... <laughs> yeah, I know, I know. For the, be- for the purpose of the Hall of Lame segment this week, I rewatched it this afternoon. And I made a couple of notes, which I'm not going to break down and go into now because there's literally nothing to fucking tell you it was that crap. But if you take away all the raking of the eyes, the raking of the back, which at one point Ed Leslie raked Hogan's back six six or seven times in succession as they did a circle of the ring. If you take away the occasions where they were swinging chairs and choking each other with cables right in front of the referee with no DQ or any nonsense that, uh, you take away anything illegal, shall we say, in that 15-minute match, Magsy, I counted six wrestling moves. Six. That's, that's grim. That's like a, watching awful. a Jerry Lawler match. It is terrible. We get one of the, the shittest cells for clothesline I've ever seen when Hogan clotheslines Leslie in the corner, and he takes two steps forward and does a crazy kind of drunk man wobble whilst breathing through his teeth and hissing for some reason. It looked ridiculous. We get an awful sleeper spot where Hogan does his you know hand drops once, hand drops twice, and then the hand is supposed to stay up for the third time, isn't it? Mm-hmm. It doesn't. It drops, and Leslie get left. So he's out. And- yeah, yeah, yeah. But Leslie lets go and turns around. And behind Ed Leslie, Hogan's arm comes back up and starts doing the finger thing. So the referee's like, oh, no, he's all right. He's okay. So then Hogan lies down and plays possum to attack Ed Leslie when he comes to cover him, even though Leslie thinks he's already won the match with the sleeper. We then get, I mean, just to top it all off, I know Scottish Daniel really enjoy this. We get our good buddy, Kevin Sullivan, the little tiny dwarf troll man, comes out with uh, Earthquake who could barely get to the ring at this stage in his career. Hogan punches them a couple of times to stall them getting in, which was, you know, we got the visual then of Kevin Sullivan draped across the top rope, almost like a shish kebab on a stick getting grilled, you know, until his cue came in and all of a sudden he woke up, jumped off the top rope and attacked Hogan. And then we get this Macho Man making the save. And I'm thinking, well, if Macho Man's there and it's the main event spot, why did not we just get Hogan versus Savage? Yeah. The biggest event of the year for WCW produced potentially the worst match of the year. 
Um, the various people online, reporters online for different wrestling sites, including Dave Meltzer, uh, listed this as the lowest point in WCW history. And I think there's a, <laughs> how wrong they were. <laughs> well, I, I think there's a shake that it could be, but there are so many more. But this yeah. is terrible. So my entrance into the Hall of Lane this week to go into a very, I suppose, WCW heavy edition of the Hall of Lane uh, to go along with Mr. Hurd is the Butcher, the Masked Man, and Starcade '94's main event. And Arn Anderson. No, you watch your damn mouth. <laughs> Arn's part in this worked well. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I meant that Arn could have saved this. Mm. Wow. But yeah, this it was Hogan just stroking his own ego, giving jobs for his mates. Yeah, yeah, it was. It's ridiculous. It it's ridiculous. Really I mean, and also, how many names did Ed Leslie have in WCW alone? You, you had the Zodiac. You had uh, the Booty Man, who we hate on Nitro Nights as well. Now, you, I mean, any incarnation of him sucks. You, you had Brother Brutai. You had this the here, disciple, the Butcher, the, the disciple. disciple. Yeah. Just changing his name over and over again. I'll tell you what it reminds me of, Maxi. It reminds me of the capital city of Kyrgyzstan, which is now referred to as Bishkek, but for a while was Pishkek and then Frunza. They keep changing its name. It was Pish Pishkek. Pishpack. Pishpack. Pishpack, yeah. That's what it was. That's what it was, yeah. Similar to Ed Leslie. Even, even yeah, but not as many as Ed Leslie. Ed no, Leslie no. has renamed multiple times. I mean mm. I can't say it any better than than the guys in the in, in the chat. Will that's there be an Ed, will there be an Ed Leslie wing to the CW Hall of Lame? <laughs> I think I think it should be the Ed Leslie Hall of Lame. Yeah, you could sponsor it. <laughs> the fact that Ed Leslie main evented a Starcade makes wrestling fans feel uncontrollable nausea. Yes. We should get a CWF Brutus the Barber uh, interview episode. We hate you, Ed. We all hate you very <laughs> oh, <God>. much. <laughs> we hate you, Ed. <laughs> and, uh, but Kevin Sullivan Ooh. did have a nice robe, though. Saz XXS. <laughs> <laughs> Kevin Sullivan's robe, when he came down to the ring in Nitro, was a kid's dressing gown. That's all that was. <laughs> I think that's all his robe. He's just his costumes were always a child's base round a child's uh, dressing gown, weren't they? Mm, yes. But yeah, it's a it's a great entrant. It's an absolute. I mean, any you just have to say Ed Leslie, and then a character name, and it goes in. There's mm. no yeah. There's no two ways about it. The guy was a he was a skid mark on the underpants of wrestling. On the underpants of wrestling. <laughs> Uh, the underpants being at Starcade 94 and his main event being the skid mark. <laughs> uh, Maxi, are we all caught up in the chat then, my friend? Are we? Is that everything? Uh, um, well, they, they, they obviously named me Jacob Reese Mags, and then I got more stick by saying I've got the glasses for it. I mean, that's obviously going to go over your head, but he looks like a Jacob Reese Mag looks like a, a snaky, weasley version of Harry Potter. Okay. He's a he's a tough, you know, like a a posh. He's just a twat who you would just happily punch in the face and then go about your day. Yeah. Should I just automatically add him to that list, Maxie, with Celine Dion and John Bon Jovi of people that I would punch you, in the face if I met? Yeah, you would definitely punch. Yeah. Look him up, and that that is your homework. Look up Jacob Reese Mog. Okay. And you will even before you hear him talk, you will want to punch him in the face. Okay. 
Fair enough. I will do that, mate. I will do that. So Dan uh, Griffin said he thought you uh, he thought you said them's be farting words. I mean, them's be farting words. It, it could have exactly <laughs> have been that. Um, said um, uh, that we were talking about your your Samty Sam, and uh, I think yeah. Connor was saying that he, he meant the ball guy. The ball guy was Elmer Fudd, weren't it? Yeah. Yeah. Did he say them's be fighting words? No. Um, didn't he have a stutter? Was it a stutter or a lisp? Elmer Fudd. Did Porky Pig have a stutter? It could have been. Yeah, because he goes, that's that, that, that's all, folks. Yeah. And he was bold, to be fair, when he Porky Pig. He didn't exactly have a full set of hair. Well, no, but he also wouldn't be... <laughs> he, he wouldn't be on the menu in Kyrgyzstan, which uh, is predominantly Muslim. What, what an Elmer Fudd is. <laughs> Oh, I have a nice bit of fud pie. <laughs> delicious, delicious Elmer Fudd. Uh, so Matt on from Five Nerds Court has put, on my way back from wrestling yesterday, I got hit on by some drunken Scottish ladies in their 50s. An actual quote as I got on the bus was, he's all right, I wouldn't mind him behind me for the night. <laughs> and he didn't get home till the day uh, after. Yeah, exactly. Oh, fantastic. Said, Great time. And <laughs> Dan Griffin, Jacob Rees-Mogg looks like a Victorian sex offender. <laughs> he looks like a, a 2020 sex offender as well, though, to be quite fair. Yeah. So oh. is that what we're saying? Is it he's uh no, let's not no, because we're, we're going to get sued at yeah. some point. I mean, he is, he is he is in the government, so yeah. we don't want to, we don't want to rile him too much, but yeah, we won't a, make it to chain wrestling 100. We won't make it to chain wrestling 100. We'll just disappear. You know, <laughs> yeah, black, black bagged. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Shall we get to our non-wrestling topic, Magzi, that all the uh, CWF sent so many brilliant responses into? Let's do it. NWT time. Oh, no wrestling talk here. It's the non-wrestling topic. Lovely. Nice. Lovely. Nice. Oh, lovely. Lovely. Okay. Smoking stuff. then, were we, sir? No, I, was using, I was using my vape, yeah, but it's a it's one of these big chunky jobbies, this one. And I've not used it for a while, and I forgot how much vape it actually produces. It's like a deep purple concert in here now, mate. This is ridiculous. I can't see anything. So come the water. Oh, shite. Uh, yes, our non-wrestling topic this week is worst at work. And it's basically looking at, you know, it, initially we were thinking about the worst thing that's happened to you at work, but it, worst job, worst day, worst colleague, worst boss, anything bad that we can have a little giggle at with regards to your employment lives. And Magsy, did we ever get some responses, eh? Yeah, you guys need to find new jobs. Jesus wept. <laughs> uh, I will read them out in the order they came into us once again. Uh, first of all, we have Milwalkris at Milwalkris1 on Twitter. And he oh, says, the first one. He, he was the first one he responded. There we go. <laughs> what a brilliant start. <laughs> that gif is amazing um it, it, what gets me is he doesn't elaborate at all about this but milwalkris says i once removed a nipple whilst in work and it caused quite a big flood until we could put it back in <laughs> now instantly you think flood of blood from his nipple but since he put it back in hmm. clearly it means something that's stopping some 
Water isn't, he a, isn't he a teacher though? I mean, where would you be putting a nipple then if you're a teacher? Where would you be? I, I, I think he works at school. I don't know if he's a teacher. I don't think <laughs> I don't think he's a teacher. I think he works in a school. Oh, okay. But it's still the same scenario. Millwall Chris's worst days when the deer escape. <laughs> Brilliant. <laughs> to be fair yeah. to Millwall Chris, he doesn't stipulate here at all whose nipple it was. He just says he removed a nipple. It could have been a pupil. It could have. Um, but why would that cause a flood? And how <laughs> then could tears. you put the well, how could you put the nipple back in? Blue tack. <laughs> there we go. Let's move on. Um <laughs> Uh, Cam at Cam Griff 92. He says here, second week of my apprenticeship, rewiring a house. Being the newbie, I was up in the loft with all the wonderful insulation. Spin on a joist to get back to the hatch. Joist crumbles, foot through the customer's ceiling. And to make things worse, the room was full of collectibles and memorabilia of various Star Wars and Star Trek items. I was about two foot away from hanging a Millennium Falcon brilliant <laughs> very only fools and horses that very yeah. very classic yeah for great stuff man see I, I, i've never been up in our attic you know you've never been in an attic no n- never been i've never been in Your an attic, attic. I li- i've never been in the attic in this house i've never been in the attic in my parents house when i lived there i've been in my mate's attic which he converted into like a computer room yeah, but that was like a separate room. But yeah, when it comes to like literally to the loft or the attic, I've never been up there. I, I've I've had an attic conversion bedroom before. Okay. Well, never, I don't that's know, what's... some more homework for you then. Go, go up in the attic. Go and check what's that, in mate. the attic. I ain't doing that. Are you scared? I'd like... Yeah, I said live up there normally. <laughs> I'm not even joking. I'm not even joking. If she, if, live. If we need to... Go and put this pool table up in the attic. <laughs> If we need stuff to go away in the attic, I hold the ladder and Liv goes up and I pass it to her and she chucks it in there. Wow. That's that's so mean. Why? It's not mean. She's very well looked after. I throw food up there for her and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> She's got a candle. She has. <laughs> uh, Joshua Goodwin from the NXT Rise and Fall podcast at Joshua Goodwin PW on Twitter. He says here, Argos, my first two jobs were warehousing. Treated like a number. I've been there. Mm-hmm. Lied to, not as much as the customers. I hope no one's ever took out the in-house product insurance. He puts in brackets. Uh, one fella, who will call Lee, because I will assume that's his real name, always had a complaint. <laughs> Needed consistent praise for doing his job. Used to clock in hours early, thinking he would get extra money. But yes, a miserable, soulless experience. Money was the only thing that mattered. Not a great experience for a shy 18-year-old with self-esteem issues. And we do have quite a few people here, don't we, chipping in to talk about how much they hate retail mags. It's very, very much a hatred of retail. It very, is. Very, very much. It is. Five Matt nerds go in the chat there. Lives in your attic, apparently. So chuck him a sandwich while you're up there. And also, if he brings home some Scottish women, um, just try and keep the noise down, sir. That'll be what the racket was last night then. Okay. <laughs> I was wondering about that, and I was too scared to go out there, because I'll tell you what, some of those noises, they were inhuman. Um, <laughs> uh, we have a bit more from Cam as well here, at CamGriff92 on Twitter. He says, another reason I am now off the tools. On the top of a set of steps, wiring at a B&B, the steps collapse. I'm left on my back on top of the landing, 
sounding like a piglet squealing away. <laughs> Owner comes out to ask if I'm okay, to which I give a very convincing nod and wave. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm fine. I'm fine. Just on his back, like one of the hunchbacks from WCW rolling around. Can't be like, pinned. Can't be pinned. Can't be pinned. Can't, yeah, what exactly. a great gimmick. Uh, Dan Griffin, his brother, at Dan Griffin21 on Twitter. He says, started working in retail at 16. Worked the Wednesday shutdown with another new starter, a woman in her 40s. She always left an hour early, leaving me to clean on my own. When confronted about this by HR, she said dead seriously, she had to be home before 8.30 or, and Dan quotes, the aliens would get her. <laughs> at 40 years old, I think she's past the prime of aliens wanting wanting her, but what a what Is a there a cutoff? Well, I don't. I, I would assume that forty. You're a bit. I mean, I have not been abducted by an alien. I don't think they would want me now. So, yeah, I, I, th- I would assume there's a cutoff. Well, so like you know, oh no, don't pick him up. He's forty-one. That's really. <laughs> I mean, I don't know if it's as pedantic as that. I mean, are they IDing people when they put the tractor beam down? They... <laughs> it might just be a visual ID. Like, uh, okay, oh, they yeah. look young and sprightly. They could withstand these experiments we're going to do them if we probe their arsehole. It's not going to be like a yawning hippo, that kind of thing. <laughs> okay, <laughs> oh dear me. Do you ever notice as well when you watch these programs about alien abduction and stuff like that? It's never like somebody who is high up in business and is fully screwed, you know, head screwed on, really intelligent. It's always some, you know, not some- case some nut job who lives out in the the deep safe in america he's, he's only got like one tuff in his whole head you know <laughs> wearing a you know a lumberjack shirt chewing on straw probably covered in his own moonshine that he's made oh yeah them aliens took me i had to explain to the wife why i didn't come home for three whole days yeah okay pal um, and the the tend to chase cheeses down hills as well so oh, you're such a dick you're such a dick Oh, dear. Uh, Dan Griffin <laughs> continues. You have to excuse me. I've got a cough. <laughs> aye, aye, aye. Dan Griffin continues. Retail had some terrible customers. We had a woman come in regular who you could smell before you saw her. Oh, that stunk good. of BO. One day, the store mobility scooter failed and the other was in use. She got up, toddled off, no problem, and left a puddle of piss in the seat. Oh my, oh god. my god that's horrific the, the absolute mm. animal <laughs> oh my goodness uh a classic in retail dan continues was getting a bollock in if you clocked out late as you'd stayed in the stayed to finish the job and then getting a bollock in the next time for leaving a job half finished if your shift ended completely unrealistic expectations yeah can't win you can never hmm. win in yeah. retail yeah, exactly. Exactly. This Dan, one actually, Dan actually follows up to both of his stories. Um, he said, the woman was a Fruit Loop, used to talk to herself all shift, and you never knew whether she was talking to you or not. Uh, to which Matt from Five Nerds Go says, you should have told her your cock had magic powers. 
I could have anally problem with it then, maybe. <laughs> and then there was nothing medically wrong with the smelly woman. She was just a fucking dirtbag. <laughs> and the two managers responsible for maintaining the, the mobility scooters, rock, paper, scissors for who would clean it. Oh, amazing. <laughs> and an old fella shit himself in store once too, left a trail of breadcrumbs down the butcher's arm. Wow, that's horrid. That's oh, absolutely. Oh, that's not a good look, is it? And and the no. thing is, if you're working in retail and you're not, say, a supervisor or management or something like that, you're not making masses of great money, are you? You're potentially on um, no. minimum wage. Yeah. And uh, you're the one who's going to get told, "Oh, go clean that shit, mate." <laughs> that's. Uh, I would quit the job. Mm. Oh dear. Uh Danny, this one cracked me up. This one got me. Danny at Scottish Juggalo on Twitter. He says here, in 2014, he was working in Marks and Spencer's dealing with customers on the shop floor. One day a customer asked me, Where are the champagne flutes? I had zero clue what he was on about, so I told him I'd be right back and hid in the freezer storage room until I sure <laughs> they went away. He did the <laughs> Boris Johnson <laughs> trick. <laughs> I mean, how why didn't you just go and fetch somebody else? Yeah. I mean, that would have been my suggestion. Like, do you know where the champagne flutes are? But just to go and hide in the fridge. <laughs> oh, Danny in the chat, if you're there, my friend, let us know how long you hid for. To be certain that they had left, let us know how long you were there for. The the follow-up as well uh, from uh, Cam and uh and Millwall Chris is absolutely brilliant. They actually nailed down the exact store that, that uh, Danny worked at, and both of them claimed that they were their champagne flutes. Um, yeah, just that's a brilliant story, Danny. Absolutely Fantastic. brilliant. Fantastic. Uh, at Wrestling Jeebus on Twitter, he says here, Sorry, Mags, I thought you were going to say something. Oh, no, I was just saying uh, Danny's uh, confirmed he was in the fridge for 20 minutes. 20 minutes. Oh, my goodness. Uh, Wrestling Jeebus on Twitter, he says, he used to work in trade retail as well. Uh, a guy's order got screwed up. Not his fault, but there was an issue with the delivery depot. Not a huge order either, but I phoned him and apologized on their behalf. An hour later, I get a call from reception. The dude is here and wants to fight him. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Jesus Christ. That's amazing. He drove, he continues here. He drove 30 miles to fight me. So I go down and explain the situation and manage to defuse it. I get a bottle of champagne a week later from the guy as an apology. But I didn't stay too long after that. Well, okay, so it ended up well in the end then, didn't it? See, look how nice Mark, aka Wrestling Jeebus, is. That Someone wants to knock his block off, and the guy ends up giving him a bottle of champagne. Yeah, he's a he's a, an absolute gem of our community. How anyone can give the guy grief is beyond me. Yeah, That's amazing. At pigs bladders on Twitter, magazine, they say retail seems a common theme for a lot of us. Uh, yeah, like, it do, it really really does. Because you're dealing Christ. with people. Yeah, they are bastards. People. You know, and, and people are, yeah. Uh, retail seems to be a common theme for a lot of us, like the shoplifter who was running out of the shop, and as he did, a turd fell out of his trouser leg. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't in the butchers by any chance, was it? <laughs> yeah, was it the same place? Um, or the one with the catheter leaking all over the floor, which is an, a, another Jesus. issue. Maybe the one who attacked me for nothing, 
or just the rudeness of customers in general. Yeah. Just people just seem to think they're an absolute, just have some sort of right to just talk to you like shit when you work in retail or food as well. When you work like, you know, in a, in a restaurant or you, something like that, I don't understand why people got to be dick, dicks to anyone. Yeah. It's just people are a bunch of Karens and Kevins and just arseholes, absolute arseholes. Yeah. Without a doubt. Uh, Pig Spotters here explains a little bit more about the turd falling out of the trouser leg. Um, he had a frozen turkey under one arm, leaving a turd as he sprinted away from the security guard. It sort of fell out of his trouser leg and rolled under some shelving. It had to be checked to see if it was a kiwi fruit in his pants he was stealing, but it really wasn't. Can you imagine? <laughs> Go and retrieve that kiwi fruit and you're there, led down, stretching under a shelf, and you grab it and it ends up being a warm, fresh turd just a rolling chod oh, oh dear me that's horrible i'm glad i'm glad these monday evenings we can provide this you know highbrow level of entertainment for people <laughs> in kyrgyzstan in, yeah in kyrgyzstan uh pig's bladder also says here not retail related but he did once drive a fork tri- forklift truck through an office door by accident and at the same job he was hit in the eye by a flying nail brilliant fantastic stuff Dear me. Uh, we're going to travel now, Magzi. We're going to travel. We're going to go past Kyrgyzstan, and we're going to head right to the other side of the world, and we're going to speak to, well, read out the tweets that we've received from our good friend Chris Mangle, all the way from Australia. Uh, he says here, prior to becoming a carer for family, I worked for nearly 24 years over just two companies. I did nearly 20 years for Wolseley, who own Plum Centre. Started at 18 in the warehouse and worked my way up to the manager of a branch. Oh, well done. That's great stuff. Yeah. On the boiler parts division. Uh, Eventually, they moved our branch in with a larger plum center, as they had done throughout the rest of the country to save costs, etc. Within 12 months, they gave their manager redundancy and shoved all that work my way. Went from five staff to nearly 30 and a shitload more hassle. Extra money? Oh, not yet. I knew my side of the job, but didn't have a clue on their stuff. I constantly asked for more money, was told I was getting things wrong, and held on for redundancy. I used to start at 5.30 a.m. and not get in at night till 8.30. My Jesus, goodness. They took the piss out of you. Yeah, basically. They just sound like they were just taking you for a ride, mate. Uh, still not good enough, they thought, though. Uh, eventually, just before my 20th year, they wanted to move me to another branch further away. I refused, which I which told I'd have to, which I was told I would have to resign, which I did. Yeah, so they didn't have to pay out no redundancy. Twenty years exactly. of redundancy is a lot of money. They're not exactly. stupid They're bastards. They are absolute yeah. bastards, yeah. aren't they? Uh, he says here, Chris. He got a job at Travis Perkins, not management, but the first day he was there, they told him your dinner hour is at twelve, and you finish at half four. Virtually yeah, the same money. There no prizes for which job I preferred. And that's great stuff. That's really good to hear, Chris, that you yeah. got out of that how hole. Because I mean ultimately that's that sort of thing ends up making people ill. Yeah, of course it is. You should yeah. always uh live uh work to live and not live to work. Yes, there you go. There you go. I'm very fortunate that I, I really do love my job and it fits in around other stuff I want to do and that. So when I look back at other jobs I've done, I think to myself, man, what was I doing for so many years? What an yeah. idiot, you know? But I'm glad Chris has sorted that out, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. <clears throat> uh, 
Excuse me, but they were tickly throat. Connor knows soccer at Connor knows footy on Twitter. He says here, for context, my job is covering local high school sports. Oh, that sounds like a cool job, Maxie, doesn't it? Yeah, um, uh, he's, I think he's mentioned it a few times before that he does uh, uh, local uh, sports and uh, commentary. So, yeah, it's cool. That is, yeah. When you have a job that you like, uh, you enjoyed like that, it's, it's not even like working. It's like getting paid to have fun. Mm. Exactly, mate. Exactly. Uh, when attending a game I was covering online and taking notes of player names, numbers, and stats, I've had a parent come up to me, up to the press box where I was sitting, clearly doing my job, and started ranting about how I don't do my job correctly and that I should be more precise with my stats and stories. I first ignored the woman because I had a job to do, and after a minute of her rant, I politely asked her to email my boss and talk to him. Uh, in brackets, Connor has explained here, I'm partially employed by the school. Uh, he, he continues, after I did that, she got even more upset. So I went downstairs to the field, got the athletic director, who was Connor's boss, and he sent up two on-duty police officers to escort her out the stadium. Jeez, how aggressive was this lady being? Yeah, you, you missed a, a bit out. Um, it's, um, he says, uh, after I told her to email my boss, she went on a rage-filled swearing rampage where she said every word in the book and some very creative stuff and called me a certain slur and I had enough and turned around and looked at her, handed my stuff over to her and said to her, here, I do my job. And oh, yeah. I can see more that, yeah. yeah. Um, people are dickheads. So simple and clear as that. Yeah, people are assholes. They are. Oh, dear me. Uh, James at Yamalroit on Twitter. <laughs> Have I said that? I, I struggle with that every week. Why do you change every single handle week. things? Did you change it just to mess with me when I read out your tweets? Is that what we've done here? I think it may be. It's just so I can like hear the Gloucester in you. <laughs> uh, James says he used to work for Argos in the call center complaints department. Oh, man, that must have been horrific. Oh, that's it's like the worst part of retail, isn't it? Customer yeah. complaints. Oh, man. Um, a few stories, but here's a standout. Christmas Eve was always horrific. Had a call off a lady claiming as her kids present had not turned up when expected. I'd ruined Christmas and she did put her, uh, she put her child on the phone for me to explain that. Oh and you my would. God. You would though, wouldn't you? You'd be like, hello. Hi. Yeah. My mum said you've ruined Christmas. I have. And also Santa's not real. Goodbye. Bloody hell, Mags. You can't be shouting stuff like that on a YouTube video. On, Christ on Christmas Eve, if someone is giving you crap at Argos, and first of all, if you're shopping for your Christmas presents at Argos, then you, you're abusing that child in the first place. Um, but Why? to leave it to... <laughs> Why? Why? I love Argos. <laughs> I'm not saying I particularly love Argos, but if that's a place where you can get something your kid wants, what's the problem? It's, I was just trying to be pedantic. Uh, Apo apologies to all the the, the working-class people who, who adore Argos. Oh, listen to you, Lord Mags. <laughs> Jacob Reese Mags. No, but, um, <laughs> if you're ringing up on Christmas Eve and you've left ordering your uh, kids' Christmas present till that, till that point, you're the bad person, not the people on the end of the phone trying to sort your problem out. Mm. 
Yeah, yeah, exactly. If it's Christmas Eve, you aren't supporting it. Dan Griffin, tell your mum she's a mad twat for putting you on the floor. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, I can't. That I, I would be, you know, something like that with a little kid, man. That'd break my freaking heart. Even though it's not your fault, it's the par- it's the parents' fault for messing that yeah. up. I mean, if they if they've been promised a certain delivery time and it's not been stuck to then okay, you could argue it's not necessarily the parents' fault, but surely you need to plan for these things. It's Christmas. You know people are going to be busy. Those shops are busy. Delivery is going to be busy. This is it, exactly. I mean, how many times do you, does it do you hear over the Christmas period that the last day for postage is such and such a day? If mm. you really leave your Christmas to the very last minute, you are going to run into problems. It's as simple, yeah. as, simple as that. So... Don't blame the poor people uh, on the end of a phone. Have a ha, have a look at yourself and and think I could have got this a week ago or a month ago or something like mm-hmm. that. Indeed, mate. Indeed. And to finish off, we will get a last one from at Five Nerds Go. No, and we Jesus have here. Wept. This one dropped I, not long ago as well. Yes, this came in. I saw I saw the notification. Uh, I went for a shite at a job interview and ended up flooding their bathroom. Brilliant. (laughs) Did you get the job? You're in the chat, let us know. Uh, One of my old bosses got fired for watching porn and stealing money at the same time. Watching porn while stealing money. Mm. Both hands were were in use at the same time. Exactly, mate, exactly. And one of my former colleagues walked from Marylebone to High Wycombe. Is it not Marylebone? Marylebone, okay. Mm-hmm. Marylebone to High Wycombe because his prostitute was more expensive than expect- anticipated. Fantastic. Is that a long distance? I mean, it wouldn't be worth a story if it was like just around the corner, would it? No, that's true. That's true. Amazing. Let us know if you did actually get the job where you flooded their bathroom because you're humongous turd. Yeah, That'd he be- still works there, probably. <laughs> there's, still, is- there's still an out-of-order sign on that lavvy. <laughs> Mary Lebon was in a completely different line of work. Yeah, but the, the, she was the prostitute from How Wicked. Ah, that's, that's where I'm getting confused, mate. That's where I'm getting confused. <laughs> right. Okay. Uh, that's all we've got from Twitter this week, my friend, unless I've missed well, no, anybody you, out. You've missed Steve O. Oh, did I miss Steve O? Oh, no. I, I even saw Steve O's tweet because I, uh, I responded, didn't I? Because I was sad because we're not getting we a Steve O time this week. But there is Steve or Town, because we'll just read it out anyway. Uh, he saw this very late, so there is no Steve or <laughs> But <laughs> he has mentioned this on uh, his own podcast, uh, Talk Steve or, and he uh, he does rant on the the elite EF, uh, FPL um, videos. Even did one this morning that he that, about the scum that he works with. And he doesn't he work for that like, Tesco as well? Um, yeah, yeah. At least he got <laughs> he got his weekly mention. Yeah, and also love you, Steve O. Love you. We absolutely do. Uh, Matt confirms that uh, he was offered the job but rejected it because of the block toilet or because of the, the staff admitted to stealing stuff and he didn't want to get involved. Uh, and it's about 26 miles. So the person Whoa. did a marathon just to, to get laid. save a few quid on a prosy. Interested. Well, he obviously spent his taxi fare or whatever, didn't he? <laughs> I assume. <laughs> or bus fare. Can you imagine getting a bus to a prostitute? Do, That's do you get a dream. 
I can't imagine using a prostitute full stop, to be honest, Maxie, but it's, it's nice surely, you surely, a surely with a prostitute, the point is to pick him up in a car. So why did he walk? I don't know. Did he give the prostitute a backer? To On his BMX. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> Turns up on a scooter. <laughs> a Hold on, man. <laughs> Just a skateboard. I, I bought my skateboard. I was going to catch the bus, but I thought that £2.75 might get me a little extra. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Maxi, what about yourself, Ben? What about yourself? You know, I, some of my stories are nowhere near as grim as these these heathens. Um, so... Uh, as a as a, a youth, I worked in um, a factory that um, that did uh, plastics. So it's like plastic injection molding, and I uh, ended up being one of the uh, the line technicians. So basically, you keep the uh, the machines filled with these plastic. They're almost like little pearls to make like the the, the uh, kitchen strainers, waste paper bins, all kinds of uh, uh, plastic stuff. Um, so we I, we had to use forklift trucks a lot because you're shifting pallets of uh, plastic around. Um, and between uh, the little crew of staff, we used to race the forklift trucks. So you have obviously electric ones, and then you have the, the ones powered by gas canisters. Okay. Now, those, those are beasts. Those gas canister ones are absolute beasts. Um, so we would race about in the, in the, in the, the yard, uh, and one time, um, one, um, we we were racing these uh, forklifts, and uh, I tried to do a full lock on the forklift, and the the forklift um, tipped over, uh, and yeah, that was quite frightening. Um, <laughs> we had to use the other forklift to tip it back over before uh, the bosses found out that there was a forklift uh, uh, on its side. Yeah. There was also a guy who worked in in the warehouse next to ours. Um, it was like a it was joined by a, a big kind of like a roller door, uh, and he was he was simple. It was it was not a full shilling, but he okay. he was good at his job. Uh, at, apart from he he didn't have the due care and attention when he, uh, when he drove a forklift. So one time he was, uh, going back into the warehouse and he had his forks on his forklift way up high. And he ended up driving this forklift full blast through, uh, through this, uh, this roller door, but the forks hit the roller door at the top. Uh, and he, did thousands of pounds worth of damage to the roller door and the wall behind it. So that was fun. Um, there was one time when I, uh, accidentally almost killed somebody. Um, so <laughs> yeah, so these, um, these, uh, plastic pearls, they come in kind of like sacks, almost like potato sacks. And they're all stacked on a pallet, uh, around about seven foot high, uh, and before there was uh, legislation about it, we used to stack these pallets uh, two on one on top of each other. So you're looking at like a maybe 14, 15 foot high stack of plastic um, pellets. And I accidentally nicked the the bottom bag of a pallet with the forks. So that meant it started slowly leaking out. 
Now, what we normally do at that time, because obviously you would, you, there's not much you can do to to stop it. So we tape the bag up, like from the outside, with with black like brown um, packing tape. I didn't do a very good job of this uh, brown packing tape, and uh, over the over the course of the next few hours, that uh, bag leaked all its uh, all of its pearls out. And it kind of uh, altered the 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 structural integrity of the palette. <laughs> so, whilst um, while somebody would just finish walking down the 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 aisle of this uh, this factory, the top palette just collapsed off the off the bottom palette, and yeah, they weigh an absolute ton. So yeah. that would have been somebody absolutely flattened. Um, so I had to clean all that up as well. Um, and then the last story, and it's pro- it's probably one I shouldn't actually be telling because... Uh, Which makes it oh so more interesting. <clears throat> so I'm going to have to make sure I do not give any kind of details of the person away. Right? But uh, I did some uh, work in, in the care sector and I ended up working in a... Um, a sheltered accommodation building for, for elderly people. Um, it wasn't kind of like the the hands-on where you, uh, you, you're you in a, an old folks' home. It was more, they had their own flats and you do kind of like menial tasks for them, maybe like helping with like food, things like that. But this uh, this unit also had uh, what were uh, some cottages across the road. So we would sometimes be called to to go to one of those cottages to to help whatever uh, um, the the elderly person needed to to for for the staff to go and do. So I was working uh, an evening shift this one time, doing my uh, normal routines, making people cups of tea, blah 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 blah, and I get a phone call from one of these uh, the elderly ladies who lived in the cottages, and she goes, "Can you come over and and give me a hand?" Um, so yeah, I'll, I'll be on my way. Um, comes into the, into a cottage says, hello, uh, how are you? And she's, she had a, she was there in a bed, which was in her front room and she pulled the quilt off and underneath the bed, she was totally naked and she was, I think 90 years old at the time. Uh, and she propositioned me. She said, can you come and get in bed with me? And I'm like, no, love, I've I've just had my tea. Um, I don't want to be sick. Um, But, yeah, I got propositioned by a 90-year-old woman to to get in bed with her whilst working as a carer. Why, you stud. (laughs) I mean, I quit the job and and slipped to one, obviously. (laughs) Yeah, of course. That was that was the issue, <laughs> just the timing of it, wasn't it? Of course. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh dear me, dear me. I haven't really got many stories like this, to be honest, Max. I mean, there's an occasion well, where I worked. Well, no, I mean, not ones that I haven't told before on the show. Uh, uh, there was an occasion where I was working for a supermarket part time as a youngster. And I got a warning because I threw a Cadbury's cream egg at my supervisor, and I really wanted to hurt him with that cream egg. Um, <laughs> You mentioned fork trucks uh, in my early 20s when I was, shall we say, a little bit more relaxed with my uh, intake of alcohol and other 
things. I once fell asleep at work whilst driving the fork truck. That could have been How? quite a bad day. I was just we, we were going dead slowly because I was talking to somebody next to me, and as they were talking, I literally just went brilliant like that. Where I had about two hours kip and various other scenarios, like you know. Uh, but there was somebody I used to work with at a place again, funnily enough, a plastics place, same as you mentioned there. And I, I won't name names because it's unfair because he was a lovely fella, but he just wasn't the brightest. And this guy, you mentioned banging into the door, the roller doors and so on. I could fully sympathize with that because the rule was always open it to the max. Mm-hmm. For some reason, he never did this. He would regularly hit the door. They would repair it. And then on more than one occasion, the same day it was repaired, he would hit it again. Jesus. And as far as I know, that guy still works there. I don't understand. He must still be on minimum wage. Well, maybe, maybe. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, but that's kind of it, mate, really. I just want to say thank you to everybody in the CWF and on uh, the, the chat and on Twitter and all that sort of great stuff for messaging into the show again. We keep saying it, but this show doesn't work without you. So thank you so, so much for your stories. And uh, some of them, you know, obviously more poo related than others, but they tickled me. So I'm okay with that. And I'm just glad that their horrific um experiences in in the 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 work industry has provided so much fun and enjoyment for us <laughs> so keep it up guys and we can you know we've got the game set now haven't we for uh chain wrestling 100 i was thinking about reviving the old favorite title or toasty maybe for a quick 10 minute go seeing as it's chain wrestling 100 and we'd like to have a little nostalgia feel to it but no we're gonna play kiwi or poo um, <laughs> <laughs> and it's a, and it's a competition of taste oh my god okay <laughs> uh max is there anything yeah. in the chat we need to- oh, it's definitely a kiwi <laughs> <laughs> i like kiwis you would i like kiwis which mean you would what is wrong with liking a kiwi they're just horrific aren't they i mean any food that's furry is that's warning you not to eat it you don't eat no, no, no. I can hear the words in my head already before you even say it. You don't it. eat the fur. Dan, Dan's gonna, Dan Griffin's going to jump all you over You eat this. around the fur. You don't eat the furry bit is what I was going to say. But oh, my goodness. Brilliant. I, I really hope my kids aren't listening and, anymore. <laughs> and that's why Sharon is so, so unimpressed with you. <laughs> Fuck's sake. Oh, go dive in the chat. <laughs> play, play the jingle or something. Crying out loud. Oh, Jesus Christ. So, Dan um, has got multiple more stories. Jesus wept. I was once asked by a defeated looking woman to tell her son off. Checked if she was sure. I shouted in the kid face to stop mucking the glass and just clean. He cried and she got mad. So, she got mad because you did what she asked you to do. That doesn't make sense. No. And then Dan also says, was it the sheer force of the log that flooded the bathroom or did you clog the shitter? No, he just broke the toilet. It was just, yeah. it was just that solid. It smashed through. <laughs> it was like a turd torpedo and just broke the force. <laughs> turd pedo. Turd pedo. <laughs> so yeah, uh, Matt says it's 26 miles to Howickham. So that's a, a long stretch to go for saving money on a prostitute. And it's 20 quid journey, train journey. So how much was the prostitute then if you're, if you're willing to stump up 20 bats to get there? He'd have made time quicker <laughs> if he'd have worn his heelers. Oh. Brilliant. 
This is brilliant. The way you're sat here going, look, looking at the financial situation here. You're, 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 you're literally looking at the monetary you know, situation. Going, well, 20 quid. Well, how much was she then? If it was worth it, then <laughs> try to break it down as a transaction as opposed to the fact. Got to get VPM value well, for money, sir. There um, you go. Dan with another story. His warehouse manager at his old store was six foot nine, built like a brick shit house. And no one liked the store manager. So when the store manager got called away on his lunch, the warehouse manager wiped his sweaty knob on the store manager's cork can. Oh, so I've got a, um, a story about that. Um, Brilliant. So um, I was working for a, a different, uh, in a different factory in, in uh, I was part of the stores team. And there was a, a girl in there who always had a, a can of cork uh, with her lunch. So one time we, uh, pierced a hole in the top or near the top so it didn't leak all over but when she opened it and started drinking it 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 poured cork all the way down her uh, blouse and she was not a happy bunny whatsoever you're on mute sir i just hope you know what a professional um i can sympathize with that because i live used to do that to me all the time when we played darts on a sunday with some of the footy lads she'd always just you know take my dart when i weren't looking pop a couple of holes in my can and i don't know just literally every sunday just soak myself yeah it's pretty it's, it's the old ones are the best ones but she was like eight you know <laughs> uh dan says kiwi or cat that's a good <laughs> ah, there that. you go yeah there you go we're and not really also said, i wanted the money up front brilliant uh yeah <laughs> there was no way i was having to do on a 90 year old yeah that's that's grim this show has taken a really dark turn this week hasn't it yeah i mean this was your idea as well for a topic um, i'm not proud of us <laughs> again i was i once denied a woman a service because she was being racist to another customer she tried to get me reprimanded by the manager but the manager then bought it from the store brilliant good work the, and the old ones are the best ones is how bags ended up popping the old last <laughs> brilliant oh dear there's no substitute for experience my friend there's no substitute for experience and all, all this talk about prostitutes and so on and cost or whatever uh you could potentially pay a, a lady of the night with gold which is actually the over 50 percent of the exports from kyrgyzstan mags that was the most tenuous link because <laughs> i don't think people are rocking around paying prostitutes in gold well maybe they maybe they should Maybe they I should. Mean, maybe that's why he walked from Harwickham to Marylebone mm. because she over wanted paid in gold. Over fifty percent so, of their exports. That's a lot, isn't it? That's a lot of gold. It's a very hilly area, apparently. Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> Shall we talk a bit of wrestling? Max? I love how you chan you chan seriously off though. <laughs> apparently, it's hilly. <laughs> <laughs> it is. And he's like, I love gold. <laughs> <laughs> oh, come on then. Let's talk some wrestling, mate. Thank the Lord. Uh, let's get ready to rumble. Ah, so we have a street fight to cover this week, don't we? From because uh, you won again. No, no, no. that's like five in a row now you're taking the piss i can't help it mate you know i can't help it i voted for you with the raw rumble the other week 
Oh, well, that makes everything better then, doesn't it? Well, I've done my part. You know, it is what it is, isn't it? Uh, yes, we have a street fight from the King of the Ring at pay-per-view 2001. Uh, Kurt Angle versus Shane McMahon. And yes, it's the one with the glass. That's the one mm-hmm. we're talking about. Magsy, how long ago did you last watch this? Uh, about three hours ago, maybe. Okay, dickhead. How long ago, <laughs> before for this show, did you last watch this? I don't think I've watched it too recently. Mm. Um, it, it's a match that that you you see so much of because it's it's always in like the opening scrolls of, of pay per views and um, and raw and stuff like that. But it's not a match that I remember going back to and visiting too many times. I know I've seen it more than once. Uh, but I don't think it's been too recent that I've last seen it. I'm pretty much the same. You, you, you have those iconic moments, don't you, that you see? <laughs> Sorry, that just absolutely tickled me. Grab a bovril and your least crusty, crusty blanket. blanket. <laughs> it's story time. Dan Griffin in the chat. Yeah. Jesus Christ. Okay. <laughs> the one that doesn't snap. Dude. Uh, yes, so... I remember the, the certain, you know, the, obviously the glass moments and, and so mm-hmm. on. But there's a lot that goes on in this match that completely slipped my mind. And again, I don't think I have seen this in a very, very long time. Mm-hmm. But yeah. uh, I mean, to get us here, effectively, Kurt Angle was having like a, a, a reenactment of his medal presentation. Well, he, which... he, he'd regained his medals, I think. Uh, had they been stolen by Chris Benoit? And he okay. Back. Yeah. Right. I think that's okay. the story now. And Shane interrupted this, started saying that, you know, he's got three letters as well, the same as, uh, uh, sorry, it's the same as uh, Kurt Angle has his three eyes. But Shane's three letters are WCW because this is around the invasion angle time. And he goes, oh, do you know what one of the W's could stand for for you, Kurt? Wussy. And apparently that riled up Kurt Angle enough to. (laughs) His face was, he was fuming (laughs) at being called a wussy. Man, I think that was. uh, not some of the best dialogue they've ever delivered. No, but it angered poor Kurt. Um, mm. So he delivered because um, he had his uh, his medal podium, didn't he? It's like, uh, yes. where you get your bronze, silver, and gold. And Shane was kind of showing off on the gold podium, and he got he got um, the the angle slam from the top of the podium. Mm. He did indeed. He did indeed. And that sort of leads us to this eventually mm-hmm. via a few more you know, back and forth on the weekly television. And Kurt Angle challenges Shane to a street fight. But Kurt also is in the King of the Ring tournament as well. Yeah. So he ends up working three matches this night, doesn't he? Yeah, very reminiscent of um, of Bret Hart when he won the King mm-hmm. of the Ring and he, and he essentially carried the show. Kurt, Kurt uh, is easily the star of this show he he works wonders for this show so yeah props to kurt yeah it, yeah it's great yeah uh the the entrance way is what i want to talk about first of all obviously we've got the iconic glass panels which we're going to come to later but that mm-hmm. massive i can't figure out if it's a throne or an electric chair or a combination well, it's, an, it's an electric chair yes yeah. okay and the pyro the fireworks etc etc I thought that's fantastic. I really do hope with Triple H now in charge, they go back to some of these more unique setups. Yes. That electric chair was huge as well. Mm. Really, they used really it the following well. year as well, didn't they? <laughs> yeah, and and the I liked as well the the screen setup because you had like the the King of the Ring screen dead center, but then you had two screens for for the uh, 
for the 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 wrestlers videos and the music and stuff like that. I thought that that was a really cool setup. Mm. Yeah, it, it did look great. I, again, like I said, I hope they bring this back. But mm-hmm. we have Jim Ross and Paul Heyman on commentary. One of my probably, even though they haven't done it much for the WWE, one of my favorite commentary comment commentary duos because yeah. I think with Jim Ross and Jerry Lawler, sometimes they sort of fall into being a bit too comfy. Whereas Heyman, I think, especially when the alliance angle really kicks off and Heyman is full on bad guy. He really needles Jim Ross for your commentary, doesn't he? Oh, yeah, he riles Jim Ross right up. Uh, he, he, he knows how to pick at Jim Ross to get a reaction out of him, definitely. Uh, mm. Yeah, I'm, I'm in the same agreement as you. Uh, this is such an underrated partnership. Both are so damn good. Uh, one thing that, that was kind of uh, shocking to me, uh, I, I watched uh, quite a lot of this old King of the Ring show. Uh, Taz was doing backstage interviewing. Uh, yeah, interview. That was very odd. Very, very odd. Yeah, the wheels fell off Taz very quickly. There was it Rumble 2000 he debuted. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and there was a big hype around that and, and the reaction that night and so on. But it literally took a couple of months, didn't it, before he was buried again? Yeah, because of his size and he had a certain attitude backstage, and it, it kind of it, the wheels fell off Taz as an in-ring competitor quite quickly. Yeah. I think. Ironically, came in debut, debuting and, and beating Kurt Angle. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's a good link there, Maxi. I'll go there next oh, week. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, the match start. Well, first of all, Kurt Angle coming to the ring with hair is strange. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, it was it was weird when he first had his head shaved, but now that is what I think of when people say Kurt Angle, the bold Kurt Angle. But now you yeah. see him these older matches with hair, it is damn strange. And he looks so young as well compared to a bald-headed angle. But mm. he's a fucking specimen, though, isn't he? He's a, oh. he's a big, beefy boy. He is indeed. And he, in my opinion, one of the best to ever do it as well. He's yeah, absolutely, absolutely fantastic. Just, he just got it, didn't he? From yeah. like that transition from um, like Greco-Roman wrestling, amateur wrestling, to, to professional wrestling. A lot of people don't are not good at making that transition. He got it instantly he, he just he just knew how to to be a face he knew how to be a heel he got the the he just got everything about the wrestling yeah. business and he was an absolute star yeah without a doubt without a doubt uh, the match starts with kurt angle and i think this is the right way to start something like this mm-hmm. uh shane is stood in the ring kurt angle enters the ring and then dives at Shane because he's obviously angry. That's why he wanted the street fight and so on. Sometimes I think that is little touches that get lost when you have people who are in a big feud or big personal uh, angle going into matches and they tie up and start working. I want to see them. If it's a personal issue, I want to see them fight. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And and angle um, going straight to his wrestling uh, base. Um, Essentially, looking to embarrass Shane with mm. uh, with the very kind of like amateur uh, way slot takedowns and and stuff like that. Yeah, he's uh, trying to show Shane that he had bitten off way more uh, than he could ever chew, uh, and just wanted to absolutely just destroy him. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, you mentioned there about the amateur style. A couple of occasions, he goes to that kind of starting position, doesn't he, for the mm-hmm. amateur wrestling to invite Shane in to try and you know uh, take him on in that format. I quite liked that because they did it the first time, and Kurt obviously spins around, counters, and, and gets the better of him. 
Yep. The later occasion, Shane's like, oh, no, I ain't getting tricked <laughs> by that. And just volleys him. Yeah. Oh, yeah. and the noise was quite dramatic, wasn't it? Yeah. Just absolutely volleys him in the ribs. Um, but that that's the street smarts, I suppose, of 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 Shane living in the in the, the ghettos of uh, Greenwich, Connecticut. You have to <laughs> learn to, to survive. Exactly, exactly. Uh Kurt Angle's bleeding quite early on in this match as well. He has a cut around his eye from those, yep. you know, thunderous Shane McMahon punches, of course. These were actually that bad as well. Uh, it's only like in his later career that uh, he's got so lame at throwing punches. Uh, I think at this time, because uh, he was relatively new into, into wrestling and he, he was trying to be one of the boys, it looked more realistic. Uh, in 2001, certainly more realistic than it looked in like 2021. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Kurt Angle hits quite a few suplexes as well, as you would expect, and they all look just absolutely perfect, don't they? They're just fantastic. Mm-hmm. He's so good at that. Yeah, and and props to Shane for for taking him as well, because when you're a, a billionaire's son and you you are, he's not a trained. He wasn't a trained wrestler at this time. Um, it, this was almost kind of like a, a vanity project for for Shane mm. wanting to be part of the of the the business. But props for him to go into fights like this, into matches like this, where he he takes a he takes a beating. There's no two ways oh, yeah. about it. He absolutely takes a beating. So you've got to give him uh, props for that. There's a moment as well where I, I suppose it kind of gets overlooked, I think, or, or forgotten about by me. Anyway, when you see the brutality of what comes later on. Angle gets sort of thrown to the outside or attempted to be thrown to the outside, but he takes the, I think it's the middle rope basically across his throat. It's, it's mm-hmm. almost like it's mistimed slightly. That could not yeah. have been fun. Yeah. Um, I think he's mentioned that in a, in a, a podcast before that, that hurt. And there's another uh, spot where he gets suplexed on, on the, um, on the concrete uh, in, in, on the, the, the ring entrance. And he says he instantly re- they booked that on the fly. Him and Shane, uh, he said, and he instantly regretted it because he thought he broke his tailbone when he, oh, when yeah. he took the landing. Yeah, that wasn't good. And again, the noise of hitting the deck as well. Mm-hmm. You can just hear it, can you? That that sort of horrible thud to it. It's like, oh god, that that does not sound good at all. No. Uh, Shane does a couple of moves off the crowd barrier as well there's one where he jumps onto it just like keeps his balance and springs off there's another one where he kind of has to wait for Kurt Angle to come over because maybe Shane's gone a bit early potentially yeah the uh, the referee luckily though kind of like gets involved um then it's the it's the flying clothesline in it I think um yes. yeah uh from there we start getting some batshit crazy stuff then don't we because the kendo stick comes out um the bins come out a piece of wood comes out as well which will come into play in a little while yeah the the street side mm-hmm. um yeah um one thing i've always been impressed with with shane he uses uh he uses the the street side and the bin lids to to essentially clock angle over the head but when he throws um when he whips her angle into the ropes and he jumps with the the sand his hand time just seems unreal for shame it looks very good doesn't it he's able to to almost stay in the air for for way longer than than it than you would think a guy of his size would be able to it's uh Mm. it, it does look really really good 
Yeah, and it's in midair as well. He's not just putting up the sign and flying towards them. He's actually moving it back and hitting them whilst yeah. in midair as well. It, it looks fantastic, I think. It absolutely does. Uh, and then um, we see him, uh, Kurt attempt an Enziguri as well. I thought this was uh, was really good, uh, where Shane ducks the Enziguri and then slaps on the ankle lock. Uh, yeah. That was so good of, of Shane. Um Really, to use Kurt's own move against him, that would have been absolutely bittersweet. Mm, that Yeah, yeah. Um, Kurt goes into the steps at one point as well. That didn't look too comfortable. But then when Shane is trying to pin him, he doesn't kick out. He bridges. That and was quite unique. Yeah, and then the way Shane kind of like um, attacks him when he bridges first, like... Uh, with with that uh, the kicks and and then an elbow and then a, just a, a gorilla press slam um, mm. to to get Kurt to to break the bridge. But yeah, I think he, he bridges like maybe three or four times. It's really really well done. Yeah, uh, Shane McMahon also hits a DDT, which I thought looked quite good. Yeah, the float over one, not as uh, as smooth maybe as the rocks, but certainly for for a, an, an a novice at this game, he does does pretty well with it yeah yeah uh but then he follows up with a really shit looking sharpshooter <laughs> sharpshooter where he fell over first of all yes and then kurt nicely leaves his legs perfectly in place and then uh allows him to to slap on the the sharpshooter properly um it yeah i mean does anybody do a sharpshooter quite like bret hart no no it's often imitated never duplicated i think especially the rock his looks like shit as well yeah it does it it's does terrible. uh kurt angle escapes the sharpshooter however by getting hold of the kendo stick and tanning mcmahon's arse i thought that that was very clever that was a a clever way to escape the the sharpshooter um yeah and then we get um the 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 trash can shot uh by uh by shane and then the the rib the shot to the ribs, um, and then Shane tries to Brock Lesnar, Brock two years earlier because uh, he he attempts a shooting star press and angles like I ain't having that moves out of the way and and Shane lands ribs first on on well he doesn't even catch the the trash can clean he kind of no. like clips the trash can so that must have been absolutely brutal but yeah. but to see Shane hit that shooting star press yeah the the crowd went absolutely wild for it yeah it was quite impressive i one halfway round i thought oh god he ain't going to make that and he just he just yeah. gets there yeah exactly uh this leads to them then fighting down the aisle and then we get to the glass maxi don't we do you want to talk oh. us through a bit of this yeah, so it's it's essentially a slugfest going up towards the um, the the glass. Uh, Shane gets uh, smashed into the 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 leg of the the uh, the electric chair, um, and then um, Kurt um, falls over. He trips himself up whilst uh, Shane's on the floor. Uh, now that could have been intentional because uh, obviously they've got to talk through the next spot, yeah. um, but. If you actually, I actually rewound it to to see, and Kurt actually does trip over his own boot, the idiot. Oh. Um, <laughs> but yeah, they essentially they're lining up uh, to for for Shane to be 
um, belly to belly suplex through through the glass. Now, um, according to uh, multiple sources, one of the the glasses was supposed to be sugar glass, which uh, which explodes into a million pieces, but is relatively mm-hmm. safe, uh, used in in uh, the movies and the like. Uh, but um, it, the decision was taken to uh, switch out the sugar glass because um, it was actually melting when the, the pyro was going off. So they put in standard plexiglass, but I don't think anybody told uh, Shade and, and, and Kurt. So when, um, when Kurt goes for the, the, the first suplex, um, you can see him and, uh, and, and Shane, Gene each other up saying, are you, are you ready? And he suplexes him through it and he hits the, the glass essentially back first head towards the ground. Yeah. The, the plexiglass does not shatter whatsoever. And Shane lands on his head, just essentially sliding down this uh, plexiglass. He looked away with the fairies after that. Yeah. Absolutely. He was not there, was he? No. Uh, the referee checks on him. Um, the uh, angle even checks on him um, because obviously angles on the floor and he's looking, he expected the glass to go through and it's like, what the actual thought, I may have just killed the boss's son. Um, well, thankfully Shane was all right. Uh, so the, uh, instead of leaving that angle, they thought, come on, let's have another do. Uh, and this time Kurt puts some real stank on the, the suplex and, he just destroys this pe- plexiglass with Shane McMahon's body. Shane is cut open multiple uh, parts of his body. Angle even gets cut open, I think, on the on the shoulder and, and the leg. Yeah. And it just, the, the shattering of the glass is, it's iconic, absolutely mm. brutal. Just, um, it's one of those things that will will always be in, in wrestling law now. Shane McMahon going through the King of the Rings and it was just a brilliant, um, visual image so so good just blood everywhere at this stage though isn't there mm-hmm. and it's obviously not you know they're not done they've not done this for dramatic effect there is blood everywhere because what, what that iron glass. Is, is, is cutting them to pieces yeah absolutely it is and and wrestling boots are um they're not like standard um normal footwear it's essentially a piece of form on the bottom of uh of a bit of leather so it's, they're not the best things to walk in in the first place. If you're walking on tiny, tiny shards of glass, it's it's almost like walking on ass. Um, mm. So they're both really, really struggling to to even walk about. I mean, Shane is he's, he's he's fucked, absolutely fucked. So there's a little bit of a battling um, between the two in that kind of like little closed off area behind the glass, and then you see. Shane come through another piece of glass when uh, Angle whips him back into the arena, um, which just brilliant, absolutely brilliant. Those bumps cut, sort of coming back into the arena from behind the, the setting, they looked even worse to me watching mm-hmm. it. I don't know if it's because of the sound again, it was echoing because they were locked away a little bit more. And, and it was they more were, head first as well. Yeah. I think that's and, a, like a dropping issue. down onto the back of his neck at mm-hmm. one point as well. That was, oh, they were bad, those ones, weren't they? Yeah, absolutely. It was, 
it was almost like um, the same kind of glass you get with light tubes when you watch a uh, GCW or Deathmatch wrestling. That kind of glass where it just shatters into tiny, tiny shards, and they are more dangerous than the actual big shards because mm-hmm. they can get lodged in the skin and stuff like that. Uh, but yeah, um, both guys look like they've been in a war, an absolute war. Uh, sh- Angle does attempt to pin then. Uh, and Mark Kiorda, the tosser, says, no, this can't happen. You're not allowed to pin him here. Um, so I wonder if I'm going to end it there. Yeah, I mean, maybe um, with the injuries that both of them had, it, they were trying to call an audible. Mm. Uh, but Mark Kiorda says, no. Um, so Angle grabs a, essentially a, a massive metal trunk on wheels, puts shit on the trunk and... and essentially rolls him to the ring it's i like this this was good yeah if that was um if that was done on the fly that was a a well-played uh kind of uh, audible to call Mm. yeah i agree i agree but then we get back into the ring and they've obviously got the planned finish that they have that they're going towards i I think maybe they were going to call it a day a bit Mm -hmm. earlier but whatever but we, we get kurt covering shane after these crazy glass bumps, he gets his shoulder up at like two and a half or 2.9 or whatever. The crowd go crazy, don't they? Shane is now a baby face in this. Yes. And I think a a lot of the, of his earlier matches, he ends up being kind of like cheered by the crowd because he does put his body on the line. I mean, if you remember the, the, the match with uh, big show, Mm. uh, the guy was was absolutely mocking Big Show at the time, but uh, but at the match when he was jumping off uh, uh, the the scaffold, people absolutely loved him for it. So um, he, he kind of is so good at, at getting the crowd to to like him because he just does he does not care about his body, anything to make Daddy Vince love him. He's a crazy little bastard, isn't he? Mm-hmm. Uh, so we get back into the ring and we have a low blow by Shane McMahon to kind of buy himself some time, take a bit of control and so on. Yeah, um, well, I th- I th- Angle was going to just level him with a, a trash can, uh, yes. a trash can lid, and Shane walloped him in the baby makers. Exactly. Uh, we get a few shots with the, the trash can lid or trash can itself, don't we, from Shane to oh, from his knees as well, which yes. makes that that I thought that looked really impressive. Like obviously he's he's meant to be uh exhausted, absolutely spent of energy. But every time uh Angle came towards him, he just summoned up enough energy to to wallop Angle with the with the, the trash can. And Angle's selling was very much 80s wrestling style selling. Banks into the ropes, come back. Oh dear. Oh, got another one. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. It was really good, really good. But it leads to Shane McMahon hitting an angle slam here, doesn't it? Mm -hmm. And I mean, how good does that look when Shane McMahon does it? Because he actually sort of, he doesn't just spin. He kind of jumps when he does it as well. I thought it was brilliant. He did the angle slam. He comes up off his knees to be able to do the angle slam, which I mean, mm. I suppose that's easier for, for Kurt to be able to get across his shoulders. Uh, but for him to be on his knees and then stand up whilst having Kurt on his shoulders. And then like I said, he puts that extra kind of like little flourish on it. A really, a really good, uh, angle slam doesn't quite get the finish though. No, no. Well, I suppose we talk about the finish now, Max. Show McMahon ends up catapulted into the corner. Mm-hmm. ends up effectively up on the ropes 
we get the wooden board now comes into play because Kurt nails him with it a few times to some, again, dr- quite dramatic noises and then sets it up like a little platform. And I thought this was quite inventive. Yep. Very, it reminded me of a, a shield um, triple powerbomb. I think they did that from a table going across uh, the, the the rings before. It reminded me of that, but yeah, where Angle sets up the, the board and very brave of him to to stand on that bob because it's literally just balanced across the two ropes and then does a super-duper avalanche angle slam off the top of the mm. board. Yeah. Yeah, and, and that picks up the win, as it should do if you're hitting a finish like that. Um, brilliant stuff for me. Absolutely fantastic. A crazy, mad brawl, some really iconic stunt. And again, the angle slam off that little platform. I don't know why that hasn't stuck in my mind because it should do because that was incredible yeah so inventive there's a lot of uh uh really good parts in this match that get overlooked because of the the plexiglass shot mm-hmm. that's what you, the match is known for uh but like shane missing the 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 shooting star press the 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 uh wheeling shane down with the 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 equipment case it's there's some really clever um kind of not very well used tropes in in wrestling in this match and i thought um it it really added to the match and it really um added to my enjoyment of it Mm, yeah definitely uh speaking of your enjoyment then magsy out of 10 what are we thinking wrestling wise it's 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 okay enjoyment wise it's it's almost off the charts i really really um it's such it's such a fun match. It's mm. so so uh, entertaining to watch. There's uh, there's botches here and there, but it's, it all kind of like fits in with the fact that it's meant to be a street fight. Um, I think this is a nan. I really enjoyed yeah. this, so I'm happy to go with a nan. Yeah, I got nine as well. I got nine as well. I don't think it's. I, I last week when we gave tens to the Hell in the Cell match, that was fantastic from bell to bell full of drama i couldn't take my eyes off it here almost the same but there were one or two moments when i was a bit like when do they go to the glass then mm-hmm. you know that so i suppose i've got to mark it down a touch but i think nine is is pretty accurate i mean a, a, a nine on our scale is very 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 bloody good let's be honest it is absolutely i, th- I think it got four and a half dave Meltzer stars as well so um to say this was p- over 20 years ago and it's still uh, it still stands out. Uh, still, um, it would fit in to today's wrestling, and that yeah. for me is the mark of a really good match. Yeah, no, that's a great, great, great argument, great point. So then, Magzi, next week our Halloween special. What match shall we potentially look at this week, this Sunday, um, this coming Sunday <laughs> when we are so, live? Yeah, I was already thinking about linking to a, a Halloween based match and then you message today saying shall we link to a Halloweeny match so mm-hmm. I was already one step ahead of you sir um, Lovely. so here we go and obviously it has to be slightly tenuous because we've got to link it to Halloween and this was a street fight in the middle of July um, <laughs> but I've got there um so this was the the essentially the core main event for uh the King of the Ring. 
Um, and the main event was the the triple threat for uh, the paranoid Stone Cold Steve Austin's uh, WWE title, and he was facing uh, Benoit and Jericho. Now, uh, Jericho in a, in a, um, a headline spot here, but it was only a two, maybe two and a half years previously that he was uh, he was a curtain jerker uh, at a, a Halloween Havoc. So oh. Halloween Havoc 1998, Chris Jericho faced Raven in the in the Kern Jerker for the uh, WCW World Television title. But nobody remembers Halloween Havoc 1998 for Chris Jericho versus Raven oh, for no. the WCW World Television title. They remember it for Hollywood Hogan. Facing the ultimate warrior. If you guys pick man, which you won't, so it doesn't really matter, um, we will be watching Hulk Hogan versus the warrior from Halloween Havoc 1998. It's suitable for Halloween, not just because it's on a Halloween Havoc pay-per-view, because it's fucking scary. And it's shit. (laughs) Yeah, it is. And and when you say, oh, people won't vote for me, of course they will, because they want us to watch crap. They love it when we watch shit. That card is terrible. For the Halloween Havoc 1998, there's multiple matches you could pick from that match. Uh, That card that, that... would would ha- happily go on chain wrestling, but you see Hogan and Warrior, it's got to go up at it. Can we not just watch Raven versus Jericho? I mean, there is Scott Hall versus Kevin Nash on there. There is Rick Steiner versus Scott Steiner. Um, okay. There is Bret Hart and uh, versus Sting, where uh, there's a knockout. Okay. There's even a ten minute Goldberg. And Diamond Dallas paid match. Right. But we're, okay. going, but we're going Hogan versus Warrior. Quite clearly. Why are, why are you the way you are? Um, <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. Okay. So, Magsy's option that is obviously going to win because people don't like us to have nice things is <laughs> Halloween Havoc 1998, Hogan versus the Warrior. It's fucking dreadful, but it could be fun. In fact, it's it probably not going to be fun. It might be for us, but you know. Uh, I've got a similar route with regards to a Halloween Havoc, but I have gone with Shane McMahon being the WCW owner. WCW pay-per-view is Halloween Havoc. That's how I've got to Halloween Havoc for my link. And I've gone with 1993 Texas Deathmatch, spin the wheel, make the deal, Vader versus Cactus Jack. Which, which is a very we, good match. Yeah, and we we mentioned that. That was part of my uh, Hall of Lame. It was also on a poll that lost a couple of months back. So I thought, oh, okay, see if, see if it does well this time. So it's a very, very good match. I mean, Vader's amazing at this time. 
it's brutal it's dangerous it's 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 awesome it's for the title but we're not gonna watch it because people hate us and we're gonna watch halloween havoc 1998 that that ain't gonna work for me brother (laughs) so those are your options for next week's poll please be kind um for our special halloween edition of chain wrestling live we have halloween havoc 1998 the wcw world it is for the world title isn't it no there's no title on the land um, oh, okay. Goldberg is the champion. Oh, Goldberg's the champion. Yeah, okay. Uh, Halloween Havoc 1998. Hulk Hogan versus the returning Ultimate Warrior. Um, I, I imagine we'll dive into the build-up of Warrior's return and him appearing no, in a mirror. We will and literally, bullshit. five minutes, we'll cover the match and speak. never speak of this again. It didn't even air on pay-per-view, did it? It ended up fucking up the timing. Uh, no, to... didn't, didn't that one air, but they didn't have enough time then for the Goldberg. I mean, we'll get right. into it, but yeah. uh, this essentially cost WCW millions and millions of it dollars for reimbursements. Or we can watch something good from WCW in 1993. And there weren't a lot of good in 93, to be fair, but this is very good. Vader versus Cactus Jack, Texas Deathmatch, Halloween Havoc 1993. Those are your options. The poll will be up relatively early this week, considering we're going live a day early. Uh, Our non-wrestling topic will also be up earlier then you know the afternoon of the show because i forgot and then magsy didn't respond to my text so i was kind of you know waiting around but um, oh, you, was mad. <laughs> you was mad mad sent me the uh-huh. you, you when i didn't reply you sent me the come on lad hmm, um, yeah well, well, what, I on, make it... <laughs> but yeah I, I to be honest it was late because you didn't respond but it was also late because i forgot to do it so we'll, we'll so both take the blame mate no, uh, I, I already took the blame for the numbers on the on the on the uh episode so Which you, you haven't have to... actually said about it on on air that was before we recorded you, you okay that. i mean so i'll i'll go through it then i accidentally called last week's episode number 67 when it wasn't it should have been 66 so this one is called the numbers don't lie and that spells <laughs> disaster for you at halloween havoc hogan brother yes <laughs> but yeah there's there we a, go there's 133 and a third percent chance we're watching Hawken versus warrior oh, oh my God. <laughs> they're gonna do it to us aren't they but yeah there we go those are your options your non-wrestling topic and your poll will be up uh, a bit earlier this week because we're going live sunday for our halloween special make sure you get those uh costume entries i guess into the halloween competition sent across to the chain wrestling twitter account at chain underscore wrestling dms the pictures there please yeah i suppose that's uh that's kind of it maxine i just want to jump in the chat quickly and see whatever what anyone's saying about our potential choices well first of all we've got uh scotty stanley saying uh shane's punches are the stuff made of legends and then Dan Griffin, if legends were made of tissue paper and lackluster farts, <laughs> oh, can you imagine? Like the mixture of, of tissue paper and then a lackluster fart, oof, that don't don't sound good. Maybe that's why the turd was uh was falling out of people's trousers. You never Maybe, know. Mate. Maybe. Um, we instantly get a gah for from Scottish Danny, and then oh god, yes, Sam Cry if we end up oh. watching that. Hulk's worst match, and and that is a very low bar for for it to be Hulk's worst match. And he's had some fucking stinkers. I watched Hogan versus the Butcher this afternoon for my Hall of Lane. Don't make me watch Hogan Warrior next week. It's not fair. Brett versus Sting was also awful. Yeah, that ended with a knockout. Uh, Dan is trying to um, at least give us like a bit of almost like a trick or treat. 
like the treat, we get to watch some quality wrestling, and then the trick, we end with Warrior versus Hulk Hogan. <laughs> you bastards. Um, and Scottish Daddy says, I'm just glad we didn't get Hulk versus the Giant. Um, and Scottish Daddy also then says, do it to, to Dan to try and get that 50 minutes day. No, do not do it. There we is one time. winner in this. There's Hogan and there's Warrior. That's it. We can't have a drawing. We won't, we won't have time. We'll have our non-wrestling topic. We'll have the match to look at. We'll have the competition that we're running as well. Get your entrance into that. Free merch, all sorts of goodies from T Public and RBF Luxuries as well. Yeah, honestly, we, we won't have time for a 50-50. Which, what am I saying? These bastards are just going to stitch something out, won't they? <laughs> they are. They're going to fuck us over. <laughs> uh, Magsy, do you want to let everyone know whereabouts they can find you online, my friend? Yeah, well, you can find me down here at Podfather Mags on Twitter um, or on TikTok at Mags All Pods. Make sure you send your um, Halloween costume pictures into the, the Chain Wrestling Twitter, which is at Chain underscore Wrestling, before Sa um, doesn't uh, remember to, to, to tell you all that. Um, we'll be in costume as well. Um, so look forward to man. I have to top the uh, the Victorian uh, doctor costume. Um, I'm just excited to see what Sai will be looking like. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that's where you can find me on Twitter at Podfather Mags or on on uh, TikTok at Mags All Pods. There we go. Uh, you can follow the network that releases this show at SJP World Media on Twitter and Facebook. And from there, you get all the great shows that the network carries, covering all sorts of wrestling, all sorts of TV, new shows coming all the time. Uh, we have this month's episode of Back When with Scottish Danny and Tyler Peters coming out in the next couple of days, looking at the movie Halloween. I have listened to it. It is fucking fantastic. It is the best episode they have done yet. And that says a lot because the previous episodes were awesome too. So make sure you check that out. But yes, you can also you know find us next Sunday live a day early. Uh, chuck it all a follow at chain underscore wrestling on Twitter at SJP world media on Twitter, uh, all your, you know, your podcast players and so on. Make sure you're following us on there. Subscribe to the YouTube channel so you get notifications when we go live, all that great stuff, Magsy absolutely uh and as we say every single week you guys are the best part of the show you uh your input your interaction um it it absolutely makes our day makes our week so thank you very much and we hope that uh you enjoy next week's uh halloween special yes episode 99 overall our halloween special followed by episode 100 bloody hell magsy I'm off now to carry on trying to learn the Kyrgyzstan national anthem because I got a little bit stuck on certain words, but I'm going to get there, mate. I'm going to get there. I'll see you next week, my friend. <laughs> bye bye. And suddenly, to my surprise, he did the match. He did the monster match. The monster match. It was a graveyard smash. He did the match. It got on in a flash. He did the match. He did the monster match. From my laboratory in the car